0: If there's anything I want to say today to people is begin to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to reveal His Holy Spirit to you. Without His Holy Spirit, you will not have power.
1: Jahan Burns has lived a remarkable life building the kingdom of God living in constant connection with Jesus Christ, and being an agent for His power and activity on this earth. We had the good fortune to sit with Jahan to discuss the presence and power of God in this world, of which she has experienced much. Today's part two of that conversation, I must say, if you have not listened to part one, that you do that as soon as possible. Jahan's accounts of God's measurable movement and presence are remarkable. But today she discusses some extraordinary spiritual experiences. She offers some really helpful insights that can apply to you and your family today. And even intercedes for our listeners in a powerful prayer. So let's step back into our conversation with Jahan Burns. And by the way, make sure you stick around to the end. We have something special for you. So these are some extraordinary experiences. That you have been given at okay. an early age. Yeah. So we'll have to address that in a, in a minute. But how did life progress from there? I mean, it sounds like the darkness was removed exactly as you prayed. And according to your prayer, your end of the deal was that you would serve him with the rest of your life, how did spirituality and your own sort of ministry, I guess, build from there?
0: Okay. So, I will tell you that while I experienced such a supernatural life at an early age, because I did not have good, um, scriptural foundation. I didn't have good teachers in the word. And I also encountered a lot of persecution. I will say that I I continued to walk with the Lord, but I had, I still had a lot of trauma. I still had a lot of, um, Just a a very difficult family life Mm -hmm. and um, really had my fair share of trials. And by the time I got to university, I was just tired. I was burned out, you know. Um, Yes, I had seen God heal me of a lot of things, but inside I... I was still very much struggling and I think one of the things Stacy was I felt that it should be instant mm-hmm. you know and or that now that I'd come to Christ you know I wasn't going to struggle as much as I was struggling or that the struggle would come to an end right but the reality is that Paul Rice and he says that that Jesus, you know, that I want to know the power of Christ, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. Saying, I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him in his power and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I had really experienced in those early years the power of his resurrection, the demonstrations of the power, but I was just not open to embracing the fellowship of his suffering. But yet the Bible is very clear. That those who are going to live a godly life. Will suffer. Mm-hmm. Will. And so. When I suffered. And I suffered intensely. Beyond what I can't even share right now. Intensely. I was unprepared for it. I didn't have. The background. And the support. You know during that time. And so. I came to a point and I just gave up. I said God I'm tired I I can't go on and I got offended at God I felt he just wasn't answering my prayers as he should in a time frame that I wanted him to and it's when you grapple with how can a good God let bad things happen and I looked at my whole life and everything seemed like been bad. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just had a crisis of faith. I still believed he was everything he said he was in in the scriptures but my heart just gave out. You know. And so I stopped praying. And I said I'm I'm done. I'm tired. I'm just tired, God. I can't go on. And I could still sense the love of God and the presence of God but logically I was like, why have you let me suffer so much? And there's just no end to my suffering. I have you. I have my relationship with you. But my circumstances are so bad, and there's no end in sight. Right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and so I just gave up. So I get to the university in law school, and I, I just make a conscious decision to stop praying and uh, to stop going to fellowship and exclude myself from from the very things that would have helped me stay spiritually healthy and alive i cut myself off so i started dating this young man and soon we were involved in sexual sin and i I can't tell you how many times that the lord would come to me in dreams and say i want you to repent and come back but i i was was angry and i was bitter at him Mm and so i get pregnant i get pregnant and uh, abortions are illegal in my country so um but i'm like i can't have this baby i'm in law school my second year of law school no towards the end of my first year my boyfriend you know his parents are very very wealthy very uh, prominent he's like we cannot have this baby so the the place where I went to have the pregnancy test, the woman hands me a slip of paper, and she says, "You it doesn't look like you want this baby. We can help you." So inside, I'm eaten up with guilt because I know it's wrong. It's against the Lord, but I want to go ahead and still do it because I'm rebelling against God. You see, I'm also feeling like I'm boxed in by my circumstances I really can't have this baby. So I go we 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 had to save up a lot of money to to go because it was illegal, it was underground, it was expensive. So we go there and um there are girls you know waiting for their abortions and I get in line, you know, sit down wait for my turn, the ones before me would come and go. So it's my turn and I get in and the, there's a doctor and a nurse. And they explained the procedure to me. They're like, we are going to give you an injection that will put you to sleep. We'll perform the procedure. And when you wake up, you will get a prescription and go feel it. If you, as long as you take the medication, you should be okay. So I was like, fine. Well, they gave me that injection. I did not fall asleep. hmm. I felt a little bit dizzy and all of a sudden I saw a door a black door appear before me and it opened and there was a sound coming out of that door like um, a vacuum sound whoosh you know Mm -hmm. and it begins to pull at me and everything within me knows I don't want to go through that door And I suddenly make that connection. I am being pulled through that black door because I am in this abortion clinic. Doing this. And so I told myself, I have to stop. I have to stop. I don't want to go through this abortion, but I'd lost communication. I could not communicate. I, I tried to bring out the words and I couldn't. And, and so the force pulls me through this door. And it bangs shut. And I find myself in a what looked like a, a long tunnel. And um, I'm traveling so fast. It's like this force is just pulling me through this tunnel at a very, very, very fast speed. And the f- the more I travel, the, the more I begin to feel anxiety and fear. Eventually, I start st- making out what seems like light and i'm like oh great i th- i'm coming out of this but as i in you know get closer to that light i begin to hear you know screams screams mm. terrible screams and as i get closer and closer i see the light but as i i get to the mouth of the opening i fall and i'm falling and I'm, the light is not really just light it's a fire it's like fire as far as my eyes could see and people in that fire yelling and screaming in agony and creatures flying over them shrieking and I realized this is hell I'm falling into some sort of hell some lake of fire and I was just crying screaming hysterically what was I saying Jesus forgive me Jesus forgive me Jesus, help me. So I'm crying out so desperately as I'm falling. And all of a sudden, this hand, I see this hand appears out of nowhere. And I see it, it's, it has a, a, a white sleeve, you know, and it grabs me in midair. And I sit up, my eyes open. I mean, this abortion clinic, the abortion's done, literally like been crying, but the doctor and the nurse are there like shaking very visibly, and the nurse is crying, and the doctor starts screaming at me, and he's like, if you're a Christian, why did you come in here? So I stagger out there, and the girls who had been waiting for abortions after me are like shaking and they flee. They flee. And, oh, that shook me, Stacy. Because until then, I had never seen a vision of hell. Mm. I never had a dream of hell. I'd read about it. But I realized it is real.
1: What caused the doctor and the nurse to shake?
0: They said I was screaming. My friend that had come to be with me, you know said you screamed and yelled and shouted what happened to you Mm. and I could not speak I couldn't tell them what had happened at that point in fact it took me years to tell this story
1: Mm. that's really uh, you've been given uh, at least the ones you've documented here some pretty powerful um, spiritual visions that are life changing, yeah. in their nature. I mean, you, those are things that you don't just forget, like a dream. No, Th- those are those are some pretty remarkable experiences. Did you begin to retransform after that?
0: I'll tell you what that did. It brought me to a place of beginning to cry out to Jesus. Mm because I realized my sin, I realized my disobedience, and I began to repent. Listen, none of my circumstances had changed. I was still battling and struggling and everything was bleak. But I was beginning to understand That when you come to the Lord, you come on his terms, not yours. You come in. What does surrender mean? You live on his terms. To embrace his will means you give up yours. To crucify your flesh. To say I've been crucified with Christ means God, I die to my will. I die to my desires. That I may live for you and you completely. When Paul says, I am a bond servant of Jesus Christ. What's he talking about? I lay down my rights. I will go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will do what is pleasing to you. Even if it's detrimental to my wishes. That's a level of commitment That led those disciples to die as martyrs and to die weeping, singing, be crucified upside down. Paul says, I'm going to go to Rome even though I'm going to die there. I'm going. It is a life of complete surrender.
1: Did you do that?
0: It was a journey. It was a process. but I took the first step my first step was to say God I don't understand why you have allowed all my suffering all my pain but I want to serve you I want to come back into a living relationship with you despite the fact that I don't understand so that was the first process of transformation Mm -hmm. to say I'm not going to let my mind get in the way I'm going to come but what stopped me from coming completely even though my heart was there and it was ready and all that I was now caught in sin my sinful lifestyle okay it was that you would have thought after having that experience that I wasn't gonna go back and sleep with my boyfriend okay and I didn't want to in fact I I did try to stop but it was as if there was a compulsion mm. You know that made me do it that even when i say i don't want to do it i would end up in that and so i find myself pregnant again not long after that and i'm hating myself now you see because i know now the truth for what it is okay and i know what i should do but i'm not doing it Paul writes about this in i think in romans the things that I do, I don't want to do. Yeah. The things that I don't want to do, I do. Wretched man that I am who will save me from this wretchedness. He says, but thanks be to Jesus Christ. And there are so many people in the church today that want to live such holy lives, that want to live for Jesus, but they're caught in sin. They have secret sin. They, they have these things that they're ashamed of, the, the pornography, the, and they're trapped. And, and it's a compulsion. And that's why you're talking about deliverance that there's, there's a power of God, there's a ministry of Jesus that is available when you're faced with such compulsions that in your own strength, in your own human personality, it's, it's impossible for you to break.
1: Yeah. I wonder back from the, the times where the occult was part of what you were involved in, through your conversion to Christianity, coming to know God and and recognizing for who He is, giving your life to Jesus, did you ever go through deliverance yourself? I mean, I would think that in those early times, those doors were kicked open for demonic influence, which you readily admit and acknowledge. And even through this time in law school, it seems that you're still having various degrees of compulsive behavior Mm -hmm. that you look back on now and attribute that to demonic influence Mm -hmm. did you go through did you go through a deliverance session at any point or any of those things to sort of legally expel that
0: no no and i think that that's where my problems came from because you know i had experienced these visions i had i knew the word but i did not know The deliverance process itself, you know, that systematic biblical approach for how the areas that need to be addressed for the demons to be expelled, for the doors to be closed, and for me to walk in a lifestyle of freedom. And so it's after now that I'm pregnant again and I'm desperate because I'm not going to repeat that same mistake. I am not going to have an abortion. Even if I die having this baby, I'm going to have this baby because I'm not going to go to hell. That I begin to really pray and intensely seek God and to just say, God, I need you. I need you so bad. Show me how to get free. And um, I had my baby and I came across the teachings of Derek Prince. And I began to read about deliverance you know, about the open doors. And there's also a great book out there um, by a couple called um, Chester and Betsy Kilstra on inner healing and biblical deliverance. And they are basically four areas that um, it's called the integrated approach, you know, that we look at the sins of our, our own sin and the sins of our forefathers, mm-hmm. you know, that... Expose us to generational curses and demonic oppression. Some things come through the generational line. And then, you know, the soul, spirit, hurts, and woundedness. So, for example, people that are abused when they're children, or at any point you could be raped, you know, that opens a door to woundedness and oppression and things like that.
1: Trauma, right?
0: Yeah. And then, You think about the ungodly beliefs that we form along the way because of our life experiences. And then just the demonic oppression itself, you know, that that you pick up from just your own personal sin. Mm -hmm. That is when you address those four areas, uh, you know, and bring them under the lordship of Jesus Christ to say, to begin to understand how did God look at deliverance? How did Jesus, you know, look at deliverance? How did demons manifest? What are their characteristics and personalities? How do they come in? How do they get expelled, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you walk in freedom from that? And so it was that systematic approach to understand that Jesus wants me free. He died for me to be free, okay? That he has absolute dominion and authority over these demonic spirits. And that if I can come alongside him, in a living loving relationship and be obedient because one of the things that opens a door to the enemy is sin active you know intentional sin mm-hmm. and i think that when you decide to repent and, no, and repenting is not just god i confess that i'm i'm i did this and i'm i'm sorry it is that you also turn away yeah you, it's not
1: apologizing
0: right right It it is saying, God, I actually want to turn away, and I'm asking for the power to turn away, and I'm asking you to close the doors. You know, that the moment you do that, and you walk with Him, and you begin to have an active prayer life, okay, Mm -hmm. you begin to have and experience the power and the presence of God. And that gives you the authority to begin to say, I expel you, demon, from me. I expel you, demon, from my son. You know, and it works because you're not just doing it by yourself. You are appropriating the presence of God, the power of God and the spiritual weapons that he has given you to be able to expel demons. So you see, it's not, you know, you don't just wake up and say, I bind you, devil, and I I command you to go. You have to operate in the authority of the, of the word and of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so if you do those things, if you meet the conditions Mm -hmm. and those are scripture conditions, God will play his part.
1: Yeah, you close the doors. Yeah. That they came through. Yes. You seize the authority that Christ gave us in his name. Yeah. There is a process. What is it so so you do deliverance now? I mean, what is a typical deliverance session if there is such a thing?
0: Well, what would that look like?
1: Well, yeah. Well, what does that look like now?
0: So, let's go back to what we first talked about. Ooh. Jesus says, I have given you, my disciples, power and authority. So when he says, I've given you, there's a relationship there. Okay, You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, a, a submission to his blood, to his sacrifice. There is the sole basis by which we have power over the enemy over Satan and all demons is a cross it's not how eloquent we pray how no. long we pray it is a cross of Jesus the shed blood um, so that's number one that you want people to be in a in a living vibrant relationship because demons are not afraid of me Stacy they're not afraid of you They're afraid of Jesus in us. Greater is he that lives in me than the enemy that's in the world. The greater one is on the inside of us. That's what they're afraid of. Mm -hmm. And so when you also don't know that the greater one is inside of you and the authority working on your behalf, it's hard to exercise dominion over them because you don't know your authority. And that's where they want us to stay ignorant, you know, and, and powerless. But once you know the power that is within you, that is put within you because you've accepted him, you know, and his sacrifice and you're living in the blood of Jesus, boy, you're powerful. Revelations twelve says we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of our testimony. Those two things are working hand to hand. Hand in hand, right? So first and foremost is that that we want to be in that protection of the cross we are coming solely in the power and the completed work of what Jesus done on the cross secondly as I mentioned is is that what opens the door what gives the enemy legal ground it is sin right it is unconfessed sin and so it is always important to come into a place of humility and say God I come before you on my own behalf. You know, if there are things that have been committed against you, even in my generational line, I humble myself and I ask you to forgive by the blood of Jesus. Okay. That is a scripture requirement that sins have to be forgiven in order for us to exercise the authority God has given us. Okay. And and one, one thing about deliverance is the enemy will try to make you feel ashamed. You know, and, and to, and to, for most people would be like, "How, how, how people, how will people hear that I'm oppressed here and there? No, there's no shame in that. Did you see Jesus shame anyone who came to him? He cast seven spirits out of Mary Magdalene, seven. And she followed him. He, when he resurrected, she was one of the first people that, that saw the resurrected Christ of, you know, like there is no shame jesus knows that the enemy came to steal to kill and to destroy and he has come to save and liberate and give us life abundant so there's no shame in that so when you're struggling with a sin call it what it is for what it is if it's an addiction it's an addiction don't call it just oh i have a challenge here well you know if it's last call it last you know if it's pornography call it pornography god i have this problem i have this sin and i have you know i'm convinced that it's, it's There's a spirit connected to it. And I humble myself. I cannot help myself. The Bible says that when I covered my sin, I wasted away. I think it's David writing in the Psalms. But when I exposed it to you, you healed me. That's what happened. When we cover our sin, we cannot be healed. But when we come and expose it to the light of who he is, that's when the healing begins. So to say, God, I am laying aside my dignity, any sense of my own religiosity, and I'm just saying, I need you. And I'm putting my sin before you, before the cross, and I'm asking you to forgive me. That's step two. You know, you confess and you, you, you turn away from it. You ask him for the ability and the strength to turn away from your sin. You repent of that. Third thing that is so important to the deliverance process is forgiveness you know if you don't forgive jesus established an unvarying spiritual law if you don't forgive there's no forgiveness for you and if you don't forgive you're turned over to the tormentors my interpretation of that who are the tormentors the enemy and so many times you you've been a deliverance session with someone and sometimes there's a rope there's a time i was taking this woman through deliverance and uh it was interesting stacy because she had been oppressed, and we've been praying for a while together, and we just couldn't, we couldn't have breakthrough. This is after a few sessions together, and one night I had a dream about her, and she was in chains, and and all that. And I texted her, I said, "Listen, you're in chains. You know, there's something that the Lord still wants to do." And so we met to pray, and she begins to really. Um, it's demon begins to manifest around. He's very aggressive. How so? Sorry?
1: How so did he manifest?
0: Um she could not say the name of Jesus. I mean, she could every like every time she tried to say Jesus, it would stop her and she would be in such she, she was in such torment, she would just crash be like, I can't, I can't. Like mm. she was, was something was tying her down and weighing her down. So and I prayed what, what's going on and we're just really praying and then all of a sudden I looked at him and I said you have unforgiveness is there someone that you need to forgive because we cannot go on until and this voice came out of I said, I can't forgive I can't forgive I'm like well there is a spiritual requirement in the Bible that you have, that we have to meet for you to be free. And so I said, listen, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's, it's an act of faith, an act of your will. And you ask the Lord to her li- line up your emotions with, with, with your will and your faith. You exercise your faith to forgive. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to obey you. And I forgive so-and-so for doing this to me. And will you supply me with the feelings of forgiveness? Right now, I choose to forgive even though I don't feel like it. In obedience to your word. I choose to do it on your terms, not mine. I said, do you think we could do that? Could you pray and ask the Lord to give you that ability to have the faith to exercise your will to forgive even though your feelings are not in it right now? She says, okay, so she's, she begins to pray and say, God, I forgive so-and-so and immediately the moment she said those words, we had that breakthrough and we were able to complete the deliverance process and expel the demons. That's another person you probably ought to have on your show. She's yeah. doing amazing.
1: Amazing. <laughs> you're going to have that. That's how uh, That's how I got you, right? So it's, <laughs> people have had experiences with uh, others, and they say, oh, you need to have them on. Okay, um, so let me finish. So yeah, forgiveness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and so once you pass that step, the Bible says that, you know, we're not to love the enemies of God. So that you love what God loves and you hate what he hates. You know, um I could want deliverance for you so bad, Stacy. But if you don't want it for yourself, it's not gonna work. Yep. You know, because you're going to keep on opening that door. So there's a process, there's a stage at which we say you must break agreement with your sin and with the spirit that's oppressing you. Whatever legal ground you gave it, whatever door you open, you have to break agreement with it. You have to take your stand with God against that thing, against that sin and against that spirit.
1: Mm. It's good:
0: And so once we do that, and then we, we ask the Lord to just remove any curses you know, that may be operating against this person. Again, it's the blood of Jesus. The Bible says Jesus became a curse for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So once we do that, then we feel, unless the Lord highlights something else, we're ready to stand in our authority to expel, to expel, to cast out. Jesus would cast them out. People say, where do you cast them out? I don't know. I I just know that he has given me authority to expel. Some people will say, I cast you to the feet of Jesus to do as he pleases. You know, I know that in that moment and in that time, I can feel and I can sense the presence of God. He's the one delivering. I'm just a vessel, you know. I can't deliver anyone. Jesus has to deliver them. What I do is stand in a place of faith, stand in his word, stand upon his blood, meet the conditions as I know them as laid out in the scriptures, and then command them to leave. And Jesus himself, his Holy Spirit, expels them. The end product is at the end of these prayers, okay, we're looking at people who are like, wow, this is amazing, you know. And for some, like, listen, Deliverance, for example, for me, in my case, it was a journey. It was a journey of taking territory, okay, because I had so much stuff. But the more I walked in the power of that deliverance process, in the power of meeting God's conditions, the more powerful I became and the more free I became. Now I'm free, completely free. But do I go willy-nilly and just live, go back to a sinful lifestyle? No. No. I still have to live within the biblical conditions of staying free
1: yeah that's sort of preventative maintenance yeah (laughs) I kind of tend to call it that so do you uh, personally sort of do a self check every now and then to see if there's maybe some unforgiveness that's crept in or um, an offense that was taken here or maybe there's a complicit sin there and, and maybe even self examine and self deliver with occasion
0: absolutely
1: yeah absolutely
0: me too. we have to right
1: yeah i just want to encourage people to to not be so uh, averse and uh sort of grab onto the stigma that it might be demonic deliverance and 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 right like
0: a, not everything is a demon yeah yeah right? that's
1: right and, and and not be afraid uh of of the process and um and and Explore what that looks like. And we've talked about it several times on, on this podcast alone. We've had people that have uh, been in deliverance ministry. We have had others who have gone through um, deliverance several times themselves, and they all describe their experiences, and they're very similar to what you described. And my own personal experience is the same. I've, I've had others that I've sought out to pray over me and, and to guide in a deliverance session. I, I've done it with myself, mm-hmm. the very process that you're... Um, uh, talking about, and it it wasn't it wasn't ugly, it wasn't um, shameful, it wasn't. It was a freeing thing, yeah. And um, I I just encourage people to do that, and and not think that hey, I'm a Christian, I don't have demons, right? Well, that's not how it works. It's um, Christians very much suffer from
0: oppression. Uh, oppression,
1: right? That's exactly right, and uh, and it comes in places where. You took offense to something, and you held that door open for long enough that some of the bad guys showed up. Mm-hmm. And um, and it can be little things like that. And it's nothing to be afraid of. It's, it's not the exorcist or any of these sort of things. It's, it's nothing to be afraid of.
0: And it doesn't have to be even be dramatic or no. sensational. And I think some Christians will be like, are you saying I'm possessed? No, no. Yeah. you know, a Christian is possessed by the Holy Spirit of Jesus, but there are areas of your personality of your life that can be oppressed, and and once you recognize that, that then that you repent and meet God's conditions, let go of that offense and and command that oppression to let go of you, let go of your children. Yeah, you know, right. I think if parents were more vigilant in understanding. Deliverance and how the enemy oppresses you would be able to look at your children and say, "This is normal behavior." That's not normal behavior. Yeah. One time, my son, I, I there was a season where he just was so grumpy and so disrespectful, and he usually wasn't that kind of young kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I remember looking at him shocked for weeks, and I was like, "Why is he acting like that?" You know. And then one day, we were having church. This was during, um, I think, right after COVID, you know, and, and we were still doing online church. But mm-hmm. we we just had finished having church, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, and I said, I need to take my son through deliverance. And I I said, I want I want to pray over you, and so I said. Can we go ahead and repent and ask the Lord? I said, you've been displaying very bad behavior. You've been very disrespectful. Let's 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 tell. Je- I said, do you think Jesus would like that kind of be- like that kind of behavior? He says, no. So okay, why don't we ask him to forgive that? So he repents. Okay. Now, me as a parent, I have spiritual authority over my child. Okay. So I said, in the name of Jesus, I command every spirit. That has come in to oppress my son. To cause him to be belligerent. Rebellious. Disrespectful. I take authority over you right now. I bind you and I expel you from him immediately. And I forbid you from entering him again. In Jesus name. I said Lord I cover him with the blood. I cover his mind with the blood of Jesus. I cover him. When we finished our prayer. I was dealing with a different boy. Completely. He never exhibited that behavior that again, day, that moment. Mm. So, but un, unless we know, unless we have that revelation, many times we just think, oh my gosh, they just became wild and they just went off, you know, doing all these terrible things. And sometimes it's not really them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really powerful and good. I, as you're, Describing that, I'm seeing that with people that I know and familiar with, and kids, and I think about my own kids and seasons they've gone through that, and uh, that's really good, and I think that's that's super helpful. Um, so I would think that if you are actively an agent in the army of of the living God. Um, Fighting in these battles and uh, being a minister of deliverance and um, of healing and other things which you do, you're. It uh, sounds like you're a very active intercessor, which is wonderful. And and more and more people, I'm I'm just I'm seeing more and more people accept that um, sort of that responsibility. And they they believe that they are to to do that, which I, I think that's increasing. And I, I love seeing that. I would think that you would have seen some significant spiritual power battles that might be surprising or shocking to people. Have you seen some stuff that would, if someone says, well, I don't, it's not really a spiritual realm, it's just kind of a, our overactive imagination, that sort of thing. Have you ever seen a spiritual battle manifest itself in a pretty uh, defined way?
0: Oh, yeah. Gosh. I have so many examples. I was about to
1: say, pick one or two, <laughs> or two maybe and share them just as a, you know, if if you didn't believe that there is a God before hearing this story. Um,
0: so, uh, first of all, Stacy, I think that when we talk about deliverance, I think some people might even have this thing that we go around and we're like, talking demons, looking for demons, you know. It's not like that. I think that if you're a Christian that is living vibrantly in, in the power of the Lord and in the presence of the Lord via intercession and His Word, the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. We don't go following the signs, okay? Those signs come... Because we're living the way we should be living so I pursue the presence of God more than anything else in my devotions in my time of intercession you know I'm looking for God I'm looking for interaction with him I'm looking for encounter with him my heart is in in him okay Mm -hmm. out of living in in that overflow okay I come across these things I encounter people that are oppressed right and I have the power then to deal with that because I have been with Jesus think about it when Jesus went about his business you know demons came they manifested in front of him right and he simply cast them out he didn't his life wasn't consumed by where's a demon and where can I find it yeah. and in the same way our lives are not consumed like that, by, by, the, by the devil, our lives are consumed by Jesus, by the fire of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. So the outcome of that is that the gospel is preached and the people that are bound are set free. Okay? But so what does a, a, a physical battle look like? Um, I was with um, a friend of mine up in North Carolina in the Highlands area and we, we conducted a deliverance session in her community and a lot of people got set free a lot. Well, what I forgot to tell her because she's, she's really new to all this is sometimes the enemy will want to counterattack. So she was in the process of selling a house and uh the next day everything fell apart completely and i mean we're talking at a lot of money at stake mm-hmm. and she was devastated and a place of hurt and and so i went into prayer and as i was praying i i, I clearly saw a war like this is this is this is the enemy this is a, so I looked at her and I said, listen, could it be that this is not just a natural phenomenon, that people just haven't changed their minds and people were supposed to sign, you know, and not just refusing to sign for the sake of refusing to sign, but that there is, there is a active war that's being mounted against you. And that yesterday, a lot of people got delivered in your house and, and the enemy doesn't like that. And that instead of, getting angry and upset and cursing and saying all kinds of negative words that we actually ought to go on the offensive, you know, and that the Lord really wants us to to enter into spiritual warfare right now and begin to break every claim that the enemy has, you know, to break every stronghold that he's trying to put in your path. She wasn't very keen on that, but I could... For me, I could sense it so strongly. So I, I really pushed her in a wonderful way, you know, and I said, we're going to go and we're going to pray. And uh, so we went to the property that was supposed to be selling, and we stood there, and we began to do spiritual warfare. Hmm. And we, 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 I said, you're going to turn this house over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, literally. We're going to pray and bring it under his blood we're going to give it to him. It's now his. We're going to break every claim that the enemy has against his house. Every claim through anyone that he may, you know, that he's trying to exercise, we're going to break it right now because we've turned it to him and we've put it under the blood. It's his. He always protects. He always provides. He always defends what is his. So we began to pray that way and to break the demonic forces that had been sent against that property, against my friend, against, you know, just the closing process. Prayed for about an hour. And we went back to the house. And five minutes later, she received a phone call from both her attorney and realtor. And they were like, we don't understand, but all the people that said they were, gonna, they were not going to sign, they're not going to sign. <laughs> and we're going to close two days from now. And she was like, oh, my goodness her reaction was she just went and repented she's like god i'm so sorry you know so sorry for my lack of faith but she didn't know what she didn't know you know
1: yeah why didn't we think to pray earlier i think we all have that in our lives and um our our first reaction is to go handle whatever needs to be handled we don't think often to pray first and it sounds like you stepped in and gently said hey I'll go with you. Let's 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 attack this spiritually. It's amazing that in 5 minutes, 10 minutes time, yeah. It was you could just see Jesus put his finger of peace on a situation. I've seen that so many times where I, I I've been going into a really volatile situation and before getting out of the car to approach the person or the place or wherever it is, I just pause and say I can't fix this, but you can. Yeah. So I ask you to just touch it with your finger of peace and walk in and be just shocked at how peace has suddenly settled over a situation that there was no hope for. I've had a few uh, instances that's very similar to that. Um, Very similar to that. And I just, I I love those um, descriptions of those things. What do you think Christians, a majority of the Christians, many Christians, what do you think they don't understand about the spiritual realm? Maybe it's American Christians. I don't know.
0: So interestingly, Stacy, in believers in Africa, Asia, they are so aware of the spiritual realm, and they will tell you that. You know, if you go to like my country, nine of nine out of ten people will tell you they've seen a demon yeah. or they've experienced some sort of spiritual activity. Okay, I was um, a month ago. I, I ended up praying for this young woman in in Asia. She's American and was part of a, a, a missionary team in in Asia, and they ended up in a village that was this has uh, paganism, you know, just very hidden. And they all got attacked. And this young woman was so attacked that for 24 hours, she lay on the bathroom floor with the force that had pinned her down, and she could not get up. And when she eventually did, the amount of fear was paralyzing. She had never experienced, but people were like falling mysteriously sick and everything. So her family reaches out to me, and uh, we begin to talk. and And she loves the Lord, and she she's faithful, and she reads her Bible and everything. She just wasn't aware of the spiritual environment in which she was and in which she was operating. And so she wasn't, you know, praying her prayers of protection. And so we began to pray and and had to address that and and command those spirits to leave that attacked her and the fear and all that. And and, and they left. But so in, in those places, people are very much aware, you know, Because they're experiencing those things. Here in the U.S., I think, I I moved to the U.S. in 2005. And at that time, there was hardly anyone talking about deliverance or spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. But in the last five years, it's a thing. Because people are increasingly aware of it. Do you know what I think? I think in Africa and Asia, those places that have been such pagan strongholds, you know, the enemy manifests so freely because it is harder, you know, the, the what pushes back the forces of darkness is a is presence of God. And so when you're in a, in a in a place like that that has so many strongholds, you know, and not you know, you you haven't had thousands of years of of Christendom and, 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 and scripture and everything, you know, demons have been given leeway to manifest and do whatever. Right. But here in the West, I, I will say in the, in, the, in America where, you know, for the longest time, people have been godly and, um, it's been hidden. But as the country has shifted, the culture has shifted. And you know, we've walked away and gone towards the darkness and, and embraced sinful lifestyles. That level of oppression and manifestation has now grown. Um, I will tell you, like, I've always known deliverance because I, I grew up in it, right? But I did not really get very active in deliverance. I mean one on one I prayed with people every now and then, but now where it's like every week, every, you know, you you're going to this conference, you're going to that retreat every weekend or that because this is the need it, it's in the last 5 years and there's a correlation between the sinfulness of a culture, of a people and the oppression that comes as a result. So we're going to see this more and more, and you know what? You're going to end up talking about it more and more, because unless we have revival, unless the power and the presence of God come, and people begin to repent, and the sin issue becomes less of an issue, we're going to see the need for deliverance grow more and more, like it has.
1: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I had a, uh, John Arnold was on. Um, a few weeks ago who has been a missionary in West Africa West Africa uh, for 40 years mm-hmm. and and we talked about that why why what's the difference between there and here why don't we see that sort of activity here the question was is the activity that's seen in Africa just um, an overly superstitious culture that's not um, that's not developed or is it truly occurring. And and of course he has as someone from the West that's there, he's like, well, I've seen some really Mm -hmm. supernatural remarkable things myself. It's not just a superstition, Mm -hmm. but we kind of talked about it. And it seems like the strategy of the enemy there is to be so present Mm -hmm. and so visible as to grip everyone with fear. Mm -hmm. So they just fall in line and do and, and keep out right? Mission, missionaries, presence of God, all this stuff. But it seems like the strategy here is to act like it doesn't exist, act like it's not real, is, is to um, not necessarily manifest itself. But increasingly, as you've mentioned, as the culture has thrown the truth of God sort of out the window... And even in some places embraced the idea of dark spirituality, that it is manifesting. And and then in sort of response to that, there are more and more people like you, like Pete Browder, who was not on not long ago, and several others that I I know of who are actively involved in uh, deliverance ministry. I'm seeing it a lot more as well. It's just not something that was ever really mentioned before. There might be a movie come out about extreme cases of deliverance to sort of Hollywood it and, and glorify it in that mm-hmm. way. But as far as day-to-day stuff, it's surfacing, it's bubbling up, and it's something that we're covering and doing a lot of here just to expose the need for it. I, I wonder... Um, that was a question I had about how you might see the culture... Sh- how, how are you seeing the, other ways that you may be seeing the culture shift spiritually over the last, I don't know, 20 years or so?
0: I think that when I first moved to the U.S. in 2005, there was a, a response a greater respect for godliness godly values and the Bible and Christians and church that's eroded a lot Mm -hmm. in just the last 20 years Um, the Bible is very clear that, that blessed is a nation that fears God you know His protection will be there. And, you know, Israel is a... Biblical Israel is a good example of that.
1: Mm -hmm. That
0: when they walked with the Lord, he protected them. When they turned away to idolatry, to opening themselves up to demons, demonic worship, the demonic slaughter of children, you know, um, he turned against them. Mm -hmm. You know, and he allowed the enemy to oppress them, both the spiritual enemy and the physical enemy. And so when you see a culture that begins to um, disrespect, to derogate the word of God, when you see, even in church, when we think that we can treat God in any way we want, and that He's not worthy of our love and respect. He lifts His hand.
1: Yeah, and and when we treat Him like He's just another thing on the shelf that we. can... Yeah,
0: but but you think about it, Stacy. There is such a, uh, you know. Back in the day there was people served God with a fear of God. The fear of God was was such a a, a tangible thing, you know. And when I say fear I'm talking about the reverential oh of God. Mm-hmm. But that's gone away. Somehow we've reduced God to our level. You right. know, there's a way in which we we we've, we've preached another Jesus, you yeah. know, a Jesus that is supposed to cater to us Mm -hmm. you know that's not who jesus is it's what i told you stacy before you come to him on his terms if if you're going to expect to live in the blessings of his covenant the blessings of protection the blessings of seeing his power and his presence come and manifest and and provide and protect you have he has to be lord he has to not just be savior but lord yeah. And, and we live in a culture today where he's not Lord. He, That's right. He, he has to, we've just reduced him to one of us. He's, he's just my buddy-buddy, you know. And God is fierce, you know. Bible says he's a consuming fire. When you look at the scriptures, you know, and, and how when he came and, and, and how the presence of God, when he would come, it was just an amazing thing. I, you know, I one of the things I, I feel so badly for, for the American church is many of them have not experienced mm-hmm. that presence, that tangible presence of God, that presence that is so thick that you can't move. Like, you are just like, whoa, you know. And, and 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 you're undone. It's like Isaiah says, he looks and he says, I saw the throne of God, you know, and, and he was high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. And he says, whoa, I'm undone. Because he sees his smallness, his sinfulness, in light of who God is. He's holy. He's powerful. Mm-hmm. And he says, I am undone. Until we get to that point of, of, of just prostrating before the presence of God and and just pouring ourselves out and saying God not my will but your will not my way but your way not my desires but yours we're not going to say revival
1: yeah yeah we, we we've shrunk God uh, in our own minds I, I believe and I'm with you that we we just have no concept and we can't have a a full concept, but, but, but even of a fraction of the power uh, of God. And even when you described your um, what you believed was a, a vision of hell, oh yeah, there's you know, fire and all that other stuff, and people are wailing, I can, in my mind's eye, envision a sound so horrible that it makes me just want to, f- f- I don't know if flee is the right word, or die, or just um, recoil in terror. But we don't get it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, however big you can imagine God, however evil you can imagine the enemies of God, you've you've not even...
0: Began to scratch us. No, you haven't.
1: You really haven't. And um and so I I think sometimes it's healthy to sit in that place. And um you know, I, 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 I was in a group the other day and 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 said, Imagine that you could get like a um little ice cream sample scoopers, little tiny spoons, you know, that mm-hmm. you can get samples of ice cream. Imagine you had one of those and you got like a a, a, a Scoop, very small, it's like half of that. But it was this just intense, bright, white light that lit the whole room. But the the, the, the piece was the size of a, an eraser <laughs> on a pencil. And you consumed it, and instantly you saw in additional dimensions, and you had energy, and, and you were filled with life and joy so overwhelming that if you had an ounce more, you would die. Mhm. If you were to take two scoops of that you certainly would die. And and it just you can feel the electricity almost when you Now imagine you step back and the source of that scoop that you got manifested in front of you. And as you stepped back the further you back backed up the more it had no end mhm so you can't take this little scoop but in every direction it is radiating all around you as far as you can see that doesn't even capture a fraction of the power of God. But you can begin to sense that. You can begin to feel that there's something far greater than we've ever tried to box up and put on one of our shelves, the same way we do sports and activities and education and all these other things and politics or whatever it is that we're interested in. So I agree with you. I think that's probably what we don't get. And I know I don't get it either, but I know that it has struck me such... And and I have experienced it such that I just my life is given over to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just, that's it's, right. It's, it really all is all that matters. And I watch you and the things that you do. It's it's a very similar thing. And so I love to hear people articulate um, what we don't get about spirituality and the spiritual spiritual realm. And so that's um, that's good. So what might be a word? that you would have for listeners that sort of might awaken them to something far beyond what they've ever experienced spiritually?
0: Well, I cannot overly emphasize That Jesus wants to be real to people. More real than most people are experiencing. That faith and our Christianity doesn't have to be a boring, mundane, you know, that the spiritual life is actually very exciting. It is amazingly exciting. And that Jesus wants his people to encounter him in power, not just in love, but in love and power. And that I want to encourage people to go back to the word, to take time on a daily basis to get before him, to read his word. To adore him to worship him to listen to him there's so much more he wants to do so much more he wants to show us he says in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh you know he says when he does he would we would have dreams would have visions you know in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit was poured out Peter was saying that's that's it what we're seeing here That was what was prophesied. And the Holy Spirit came upon people that were cowards, that were fearful, that were in hiding, and it transformed them into such a great force that they became known as those who turned the world upside down. That Jesus is still wanting to do that in us, for us, and through us in this day. And so there is his Holy Spirit is available to us. That third person of the Godhead has to become as real to us as the Father is to us, as the Son is to us. Okay? Because, like it or not, Stacy, Jesus says, I am going back to my Father. I'm going to go. He's seated at that place of the right-hand side of the Father, interceding. How is He present with us here? It's through His Holy Spirit. But why do we ignore Him? You know. It is the spirit of the Lord that's here. It is his Holy Spirit. Why does a church have no power? It's because they walk around and they ignore the Holy Spirit. There is no way you can encounter Jesus and his power without his Holy Spirit. So if there's anything I want to say today to people is begin to ask the Lord, Jesus Christ to reveal his Holy Spirit to you Mm. without his Holy Spirit you will not have power the Holy Spirit will teach you how to discern the spiritual realm because to go into the spiritual realm and understand it is only possible through the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to overcome it it's only possible through the Holy Spirit okay when I have dreams I have to ask him for discernment. A few months ago, I, I, wo- I, I woke up and I began to pray. And then I went back to sleep and I had a dream of a Caucasian girl who was in such a terrible place of addiction and, and uh, cutting herself. And, and it, it, I woke up and my heart was just torn apart. And I was like, was that just a dream or was that a person there in such acute agony? And I began to pray and cry out. I said, God, if this person is real and it wasn't just a dream I had, would you deliver her? Would you save her? Later that day, I get a phone call from a woman in another state. And she says, I know you're coming to my state. Could I bother you? If you will have a few minutes after you speak and visit, there's a young girl. And she begins to describe this girl who I had just had a dream about. Mm. I said, I will do everything within my power to set my time aside to speak to her. It was a woman, a young woman, and I met her. And I was able, because of everything that I'd seen in this dream, to begin to relate to her what the Lord wanted to do. She gave her life to Jesus Christ that day, and he set her free, and her parents came Gave their lives to Jesus Christ. How did I have that dream? The Bible says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. You will have dreams. Okay? So that is important. It is important for the church to get back in the word. It's important for the church to get back in prayer, to get back in fellowship, to ask the Lord to reveal the power of his Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and for them to open themselves up to the working of the Holy Spirit. I know that there have been quacks out there and, and it's been abused and all that, but come back to him again. Come back to the Lord again and dare to trust him again to lead you aright. It all has to center on the truth, the truth of his word. The Holy Spirit does not act outside of the will of Jesus, the will of God. He acts in conformity to the word of God. That's always our safety net. So yes, people may have been you know, um, misled out there and, and fallen ac- across quacks. But come back to the word. If you come back to the word, to the Lord in prayer, the Holy Spirit will come. And he will lead us into that life of power. And we ourselves will be able to turn the world upside down like those disciples did. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Are we going to we have to be willing, Stacy, to suffer for the cross. When we see oh miracles are happening in Africa, miracles are happening in Asia. Those are people that have sold themselves out to the Lord. They see the power of God, but they also experience some hard things. We are coming into days that are unprecedented. And those that know their God will continue to do exploits. You know you you have to we have to know and understand that hard times are coming but if we're in him in his power we're going to be okay he's going to lead us he's going to guide us he's going to see us through the tough times i'm not saying that everything will be you know honky dory but we will not fall away there's a great falling away that's going to come but yet there's also the remnant will be strong and the remnant will be revived. And the Bible says to occupy until Jesus comes. And we're not going to be occupying in defeat.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you say it well. I think it's the power of God that, um, that is stuff that a lot of Christianity hasn't experienced. I think we have subscribed to a doctrine and a morally sound way of living that meets in church and but doesn't have true relationship with christ and exercise the authority of the power of god and see it in their lives but i'll be honest i'm seeing more and more people set aside a lot of the tradition of religion Mm -hmm. to to get face to face with Christ again mm-hmm. as he is and uh, not as he has been prepackaged for them mm-hmm. um, in, in their, in, in the religious traditions of the day and of the last I don't know, 50 years or so, And maybe longer than that. But um, yeah, I, I think it's the power of God. People, people don't experience the power of God, but people ha- who do experience the power of God that seek, God and in his power um, they're changed Amen. <laughs> and they see it and they know it and and they want to share it and they want to see freedom for everyone and that's, that's what you're doing and um, thank God for you and I'm, I'm telling you <laughs> I think he gave me that word uh, earlier today mm-hmm. and uh, it's just more um, apparent now but you are a flat-out warrior for the kingdom of God, and um, I'm thankful for that.
0: Thankful for what you're doing, you know, exposing what the Lord is doing, exposing what the enemy is doing, and equipping people. I mean, it's it's podcasts like this that you bring people on that are able to share their experiences and what God is doing. God says my people perish for lack of knowledge and I think that the more that we can empower people with with the knowledge of who he is and what he's doing and what he's able to do for them and through them and in them you know it's preventing people from perishing and it's a work of God and I just pray for you and I bless you and what you're doing that God will magnify your platform and just you know um compel people to come and hear and and be changed it's it's really the gospel going forth
1: yeah well thank you for that and um all of it is about revealing the 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 movement and presence of god actively all around us that we may not be aware of and For you to share your experiences like that is so powerful. And um, I am just super thankful. Jahan Burns, as awesome as I thought it was going to be. I appreciate it. And um, I hope we can do this again.
0: Thank you. Should we say a prayer for our listeners? Yeah. Okay. Father, I want to thank you for this time with Stacy. There's so much that we have shared. Lord, we want to glorify you, O God. You said that if your name be lifted high, you will draw men to yourself. So we're praying, Father, that you use this platform to draw men, women, boys and girls to you. Father, we've shared a lot and we pray for the person listening out there that doesn't know you. We're praying that they will come into a living, loving relationship with you, Jesus. Thank you that you died on the cross for their sins and that you're inviting them to come and to surrender their lives to you. And so today, God, along with them, we come in faith and surrender ourselves to you, to your power, to your blood, and to the great sacrifice that you gave us on the cross. God, cause us to walk with you. Forgive us where we have sinned against you, Father, where we have walked our own way. We come to you now and we say, God, help us, Father. Put us on the right path, oh God. Cleanse us and Lord for the person out there that's hearing this that is struggling with compulsions in the name of Jesus we pray that that power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon right upon them right now where they are and completely set them free in Jesus' name. We're demonic. Forces are working to oppress your children today by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus Christ. We say be broken and we say be set free in Jesus name for he who the son sets free is free indeed. Lord God, would you bring them, oh God, into a right place? fellowship, a church, a body of believers where they will receive the support that they need. I am praying, Father, for hearts to be awakened to your voice, to your word, oh God, into worship, oh God. Father, I'm praying that those that were lukewarm, oh God, will arise in the power of the Holy Spirit and they will begin to seek you again, oh God. I thank you, Thank you, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus to everyone listening. I say, may the blood cover your person. May the blood cover your mind. May the blood cover your family, your finances, your work, your reputation, your influence. May God give you victory over every circumstance that has held you down in Jesus name. I am praying that you will experience miracles, signs and wonders that come from knowing Jesus. Jesus Christ personally. I am praying that God will appear to you like he appeared to me as I read his word, that he will come and his voice will be clear and he will call you and beckon you to know him. I am praying for Jesus to speak to you in dreams and visions, that you will know that it is him and he will confirm it in his word. I am praying for the Lord to bring people alongside you that love you, that will stand by you, that will fight with you until you receive the victory to that person that has backslidden, arise and come back to your father. He is waiting on you with open arms. Arise and come back to your father. He's waiting for you. That is a word for someone. Jesus is waiting for you. Come back. Come back. There is nothing that he will not forgive if you repent. So we bless you today in Jesus name. Amen.
1: father is a holy time and we are thankful we're thankful that your spirit is here we're thankful um, that your intention is to reshape the lives of those who hear and um, we're humbled to be your servants and we just lift up those folks that are on the other side of this that are in places of confusion that are plagued with spirits of fear, with worry, with thoughts of ruin, thoughts of self-harm, who speak curses over themselves, who have had curses spoken over them. We ask that you invade their hearts that you fill them with light, that you show them hope and that you bring them to you. We ask that you manifest your presence to them. We ask that you seal them with your power so that they know. Mm. They know that they know that you give them an experience that will change them forever that is made just for them I pray blessings over Jahan she is your child she is your warrior and so I just pray that you continue to strengthen her I just pray that you show her a version of you that she's not seen before that you pour your holy spirit into her in rich ways
0: mm.
1: where she is able to go and speak life into the world in ways far greater than she ever dreamed we pray that you multiply her fruit with math that only you comprehend mm. Pray that you blow your Holy Spirit over her in her family in this ministry and her ministry and that you breathe into us such life and light that it has no choice but to spill out from us and into the world, building your kingdom and drawing your children closer to you. You are glorified as we produce fruit and so God let us produce a hundredfold yes, Lord. breathe into us we thank you God we thank you that you have chosen us we thank you that you have redeemed us we don't understand that the kind of love we're just overtaken by it and we just desire to live in your presence in your thick, thick presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oftentimes when we finish these, the conversation continues after the final cut. Today, we thought we'd share a few minutes of what was said after the recording was to have ended. Um One thing that happens a couple of things that happen for me um i i feel uh, I have a few things happen, but a couple of things happened in the last fifteen minutes or so. One was after the description of the infinite source of light and life with the little scoops, I began to shake and um and then during that prayer i i feel um the uh i 'll feel a coolness almost a, a breath of almost a breath that it's been coming from here and, and is up and right through here. I turned the AC off a long time ago, so there's no vents blowing mm-hmm. or anything like that. But as we were in the prayer and it's still there, it's still coming. I can feel it right now. I can, it's coming. I don't know. You might not feel it. I feel it and it's getting you can get stronger. Um, it's almost like a fan's blowing mm-hmm. and, um, Just a holy time so thank you
0: praise god well the way i feel i feel this electricity Mm -hmm. i've been feeling it over my body throughout the course of our talk so he's he's here with us Mm.
1: no doubt about that as we approach the end of 2023 and prepare to celebrate the birth of our lord We wanna thank you for listening to and for supporting this podcast. Our ongoing prayer is that God draws you closer to himself through what is spoken in these conversations. We pray that he expands all of our understanding of his presence and his power through this ministry. It will continue to be our prayer going into 2024. We already have some powerful stories and remarkable guests lined up for next year. So until 2024, We pray the blessings and peace of God over you and those you love.